Welcome to Couples Becoming Intentional. I'm Carrie. I am John. And here at Couples Becoming Intentional, we want to equip you with different tools and resources so that you can live intentional lives with those that you love to leave a legacy that lasts. Welcome back to this week's episode of Couples Becoming Intentional. This is part two of our little parenting series that we are doing. So if you have not tuned in to episode 14, you can pause this and go back to that one, or you can you know, listen to this one and go back to the original one, go back to episode 14. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the different tools and resources that we have used to help us in our parenting because it is, we are young and we needed a lot of support as we started our parenting journey. So John, overall, what was, what are some of your favorite things that you have learned or little tips or resources? Well, if you're not prepared to learn different ways of parenting, you will end up like your parents. Mm-hmm. And so like we swear to ourselves as teenagers, right? We're like, once I become a parent, I'm never going to parent. I'm never going to say that to my child. I'm never going to act out in anger. I'm never going to like do these things. And then you become a parent and that's all you know. And that's what you resort to because that's how you learned is like whether your parents were good, whether your parents were terrible, like that's what you're going to re- resort to. One tidbit that I learned right in the beginning is that like you can be a perfect parent like you could have had perfect parents, but the perspective of the child will still see error in that. Like we have the perfect father right in heaven and still we err against God. And so like your kids will receive trauma, lower t- trauma, because that's, that's what psychologists call it. Right. It's, it's like you, um, your childhood wound, right? Mm -hmm. Like the thing that caused you to be the way that you are currently, however you want to say it, like will still develop no matter, even if you had perfect parents Mm -hmm. because your perspective isn't perfect. It's a flawed perspective. And so like take some, have some grace when it comes to parenting that like, you're not always going to be perfect. You're not always going to be know what the exact thing you need to know for that for that situation um it doesn't stop us though like just because we're flawed just because we're we um might not parent perfectly doesn't mean we can't grow we can't um that we can learn something new and so like we realized oh i am so much like my parent there's got to be a better way so we took a class we took it twice now because you can always learn something even if you already took it we took um what was it called love and logic oh yeah that that, that one i was yeah. gonna say you know what it is love and logic because when emotions are high we want to increase our logic mm-hmm. so that they understand that like we can have a logical view of something you need both and yes. so you need to balance it out with logic and mm-hmm. not get emotional at your kids because it won't help your kids if you just get mad at them mm-hmm. they'll just have more trauma that and they'll just you're raising more emotions up and right. if we're wanting our kids to when they are high emotion i.e the temper tantrums 
the crying, the whining, the anger, the hitting, you know, all of it. And I say that from experience, the more you can bring them down to logic, the breathing, instead of reacting, Mm. choosing to respond is probably one of the biggest things that I have learned through love, love and logic specifically. And one of the things to back up a little bit, I think the biggest tool, and this is like always what I stress for parents is not saying that either of us are parenting experts. That's not us. Right. Even if you can find 20, 30, maybe 80% of stuff that you agree with, maybe you can take that and put it into your own parenting. Yes. You don't have to agree with 100% of what we do to say they didn't have good wisdom or they didn't have some good parenting skills. Yes. So the biggest tip I always recommend for parents then is to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. Yes. Then strengthen and while simultaneously strengthening your marriage Mm. and your parenting, because that is the order of relationships. You have your relationship first with Jesus, then it's your significant other, and then it is your children. And when that starts to get tainted, that, that actual order gets changed that's when hardships really start to show up because eventually your kids leave. Your kids are not you and Mm. you cannot control your kids. So when they leave, you then feel like, who am I? Mm. I don't know who I am anymore because who am I outside of my children? And that is, or like, who am I even married to? And that is not at all what we want to do. And I think you and I both grew up in generations where that was very common. Like we're watching Mm. parents and friends of our parents, no parents of our friends go through this where we're now adult children and they don't know their spouse anymore because they poured all of their energy into their kids because that's what the generation was taught. Right. You need to be there for your children first and foremost. Right. And then they forget about the other relationships in their life. And then they get to the point of like, 20, 30 years down the road mm-hmm. and they look at their spouse and they're like, who are you? Mm-hmm. You're not the person I married 30 years ago, 35 years ago. And then they get divorced because they don't know who each other, who each other are. And so you like, there's so many yeah people in the, are the generation above us where they're like, they would stick together through, through parenting. Yes. Um, because it is a lot easier if you stick together and parent Hopefully it is a united front. It's not always. That's what's like, I don't know how they did it because you have to be united to parent well. And so like, and then after they're gone, all the kids are gone. They're like, well, yes, nice to know you. We did our job. We got these kids graduated and we got them out of the house. Right. And then that's not a good goal. No, not at all. I mean, marriage, I think, is for life, not mm-hmm. just for parenting. Yes. Um, And that relationship is going to last longer than you being a parent of children of mm-hmm. teens. You are always going to be a parent, but it will look different. It will adapt as the different age of your kids um, to hopefully to the point where when they're adults, you're like, you're good friends with them mm-hmm. and that they want to hang out with you and they want to come over because you know what? You did your best and they still like you. Yes. Isn't that what you like? hope for yes that's everything i've always ever wanted is that my kids look back and say my parents did the best that they could 
With the resources. With the resources that they had. And guess what? John and I are working on getting lots of resources. Yes. So we can be the best that we can, knowing, knowing that we're not going to be perfect. Right. And they're not going to see us as perfect. No. And I will help pay for therapy. (laughs) Right. Isn't, don't you have a friend that's like, I'm not saving up for college for them. I'm saving up for. Not saving up for a wedding. Oh. Yes. I'm saving up for their therapy when they're adults. Which is good because everyone should get counseling. Right. Because like. As much as we're like, okay, how you were parented, how you grew up in your family, that shapes who you are. Mm -hmm. But that's also how you get like your weaknesses. That's how you get your strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, for instance, like it's common, it's common for the firstborn to be like the arbiter of rules. Mm -hmm. Like they become a parent in their own selves because rules are directly applied to them. And then kind of trickle down into the other kids. Yes. Have you? Did you see that play out in your in your childhood? Oh yeah, As a for sure. Last child. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. My parents could care less about me, and so <laughs> childhood wound. <laughs> um, so like you'll see that like the firstborn is so like these are the rules you have to follow them. There's no bending the rules. And it's, everyone else needs to follow them too. Yes. And so they will like imply the rules. And usually it's not just like the rule for word, word for word rule. It's like, I'm going to add to the rule. So yes. it's harder for you. Yes. Because for whatever reason, as fallen human beings, we like to add to the rules that are given to us. Even as parents, as hus- as a husband, we like to add to God's rules. Mm-hmm. No. To better us. Yeah, and we eventually become the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, we're seeing all this play out with our son, a firstborn. I'm a firstborn. So this has just been a whole fascinating dynamic in our marriage. And Finn is like so responsible. Definitely a rule follower. And we want to foster that. We want to foster that. And also knowing that he's a firstborn and takes on a lot of responsibility and kind of feels like he needs to step in and like parent our daughter, which he doesn't need to, like allowing him to be a child. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Can you talk about this book that's sitting over here? Yes. Well, can we talk about love and logic? Because yes. I feel like we okay. haven't really talked about it because we took a step back because we realized like, I know. we didn't. This is going to be such a fun episode. Uh, yeah. We're going to be all over the place because John was not prepared going into this episode and so i don't have my book that i wanted to bring down so it might be a little bit of random that's my talking communication style is all over the place have fun following it also i wanted a share that carrie is really maybe eventually we will get a video like videoing of us doing this because Carrie is a hand talker. And so she's like different levels and like doing my hands in different levels it's like it's kind of amusing. It, it it engages you. I like because she is a teacher by yes. nature, so she knows how to engage. And if you move, it's more engaging. Well, here you are over here, like doing the wave of like I talk all over the place. I was, it's because I was making fun of you. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay, love and logic, real fast. What was one of the biggest takeaways that you have from love and logic? There, there's a quote that's like right in the beginning. It says that questions spark curiosity, statements cause resistance. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, right, coaching. Mm-hmm. Like we know questions. Yes. And I think that's also a big, like going before Love and Logic, mm-hmm. we did coaching, which is like all about asking questions. And we were like, 
Absolutely. Let's take this principle of like, let's not assume we know what's going on in their little hearts and little minds and little wills Mm -hmm. and like ask them what's happening. Like what, what's going on? Like Mm -hmm. what is causing the sadness? What is causing this out outburst of like, you don't usually lie on the floor throwing a fit. Right. Where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. Like asking those questions because we don't know. We don't know. And it's, sparks curiosity it's like oh if they can process what's going on what's going what their emotions are of like my big brother hit hit this shirt and i did not like that like this happened today today. and it's just like well what didn't you like about it it's like nobody likes being (laughs) hit but Mm -hmm. like it's like okay what what actually happened what like having those questions so that they can process it because we don't need if we're not letting them process it of like oh this is what happened i'm gonna tell you what needs to be done Mm -hmm. they'll never develop these skills right and like let's just take an example from jesus like let's go to jesus he asked questions because that caused the other people to take responsibility for for their actions to take responsibility for like what they believed, what they thought. And so like, and now I'm talking with my hands. And so like we we need to have that like good question asking because like that's just, that will help process and that will help spark curiosity of like as much as an unknowing of the why questions. It's because they trust us and we can like either solve their problem or have them try to solve their own problem. It is so true. And I remember always being taught, this is way before even having kids, is that the brain answers every question it's given. It won't process a statement all the time, but every question that it has, it actually processes it. Hmm. So when you're asking your child a question, it's actually fostering them to actually think about it instead of just making a statement that's in one ear and out the other. It's slowing them down, which is ideally what you want. One of the biggest things for me for Love & Logic was the whole um, releasing of power, Mm. sharing power. Yes. So today was a beautiful, beautiful example of, yes, Finn being a firstborn and being the super helper and wanting to take care of Penny. And trying to like grasp all the power for himself. Yes. He decided to share power, which was such a beautiful, beautiful thing. It was like one of those mom moments. You're like, okay, we get this. So one of the easiest concepts that you can do if you have littles this is something i would recommend is giving them power sharing it as in it does giving them choices you can Mm -hmm. pick between two things because ultimately i don't care what color bowl you get right but you feel powered like you feel empowered because you got to pick right because i don't care if you have a green bowl or an orange bowl but you definitely feel like you have some sense of control or power because you got to pick it right like oh do you want pb and j or do you want chicken nuggets because it's going to take the same amount of time to do either one i could care less which one you have Mm -hmm. at least you're eating lunch yes um do you want to leave in five minutes or 10 minutes Mm -hmm. usually they'll pick 10 minutes but if you had oh i need to leave in 15 minutes like you're not rushing through the door you're not like yeah like just have giving them those, those those decisions to like realize okay i'm allowing myself to choose how much time i want to keep playing at the park how much time and then we're like okay 10 minutes is up and then they're like oh okay because i made this decision yeah 
So they feel like, oh, this is a decision I made. Therefore, I am on board with it. Right. Because if I were to say, we're having chicken nuggets for lunch or like, here's your bowl. They are like, sometimes with the bowl thing, they're like, eh. but like with chicken nuggets, they'd be like, I don't want chicken nuggets. But if I gave them two options, they're going to pick chicken nuggets. <laughs> so that has been one of the biggest things. And I'm really hoping that that like carries on as we go through older kid parenting as well. Right. Because it like, it changes as yes. you, as they grow. It's like, obviously they won't care when they're 16 if they have a red bowl or a green bowl, but they do care of when they get to decide to be home of like mm-hmm. like that's like as parents we should give them more and more control of their lives give them more freedoms yes it limits you as a parent mm-hmm. and that's the humbling thing that is the humbling thing it's like you can't be in control of these kids of your own kids forever mm-hmm. and usually like especially our when the generation that we grew up like the parents that of the generation that we grew up in they kind of like had an iron fist of mm-hmm. until you're 18, you're going to do what I want to say, what I say, and you can't say otherwise. And then you become 18, you get out of the house and you have all this freedom. And you don't, it's too much and you don't yeah. know what to do and with so it. you squander it. Yes. You go out, you get drunk, you get, you have sex, you have all this stuff. Cause you're like, I have freedom. Yes. And then like our generation paid for that mm-hmm. because of like the way that we were parented and like, Yes, we are entitled, but we are also always given what we wanted. Yeah. And so like having that, I like you don't always need to give what the kids want and you don't always have to just rule with iron fist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they become 16, like figuring out like together, when do you think is a great time for you to be back home? And if they say one o'clock and say, I have the like um I, for, I we're not in teens yet so it's like I don't remember quite remember but like I'll be asleep by one o'clock if I if you want the best from me I I'm in bed at 10 o'clock and I wake up at 8 a.m so if you're out till one I'm going to be worrying up worrying all night and I won't be able to drive you to school tomorrow and so what would be a more reasonable time yes having that logic having that like love of saying like, okay, you want one o'clock. I'm going to be in bed at 10 o'clock. Can we find a happy median? Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, like, can I be in bed at 10? And they're like, absolutely. What happens if you're not home by 10 o'clock? Well, I need to call you. Absolutely. If you don't call me, what will happen? Like, oh, you're going to call the cops mm-hmm. because you're not home by 10 o'clock, like you said. And you're like, okay, if I call the cops, you are paying for that ticket mm-hmm. or that if it's not an emergency and the cops have to respond, then you would need to pay out of pocket for that. Yes. And it's like, how can we get to the point where we can have natural consequences for the decisions? It's so true. And also recognizing if you are a parent of older kids that it's your kids have free will. Like you can, we as parents can do the best that we possibly can with the tools and the resources that we are willing to do releasing the control. Mm. And knowing that my child has their own free will. So they need to have those natural consequences. Yeah. And so like, let's build up tiny or natural consequences. So it doesn't lead to a natural consequence of death. Mm -hmm. And so like, how can we parent that in so that they, it's, 
not life or death. Right. It is so true. So I will put in the show notes the links. If you're local to us, we have a really awesome Love and Logic teacher. Otherwise, you can look up Love and Logic resources online. Can you talk about real quick this book that we had mentioned in episode 14, How Children Raise Parents? Okay. So like this book, they go through of like, I think one of the humbling moments in this book is that like, we have expectations for our, our children. Like, I want my children to do blank. And I think one of the things like what um, Dan Allender goes through is um, one, we need to release that because we need to find their God driven bent. Like mm. how are, how did God design them? Yes. So yeah, we need to, we need to find the way that our children or how God designed our children. Um, so like here is a direct quote from the book of every child is unique and every child must find the ways she can fit in the, in the world and in the matter which in which she is not to be of the world. A child who is too hesitant to buck the world system must be called to test the boundaries of convention in order to obey God. On the other hand, a child who can't seem to conform to any rule must find how to be sufficiently in our larger world to engage it with her Christian perspective. This comes after the part where he says that there is a inner rebel and there's an inner rule follower. And each child, they're going to have more of one or the other. Like your firstborn is going to be a natural rule follower, and they're not always going to have the natural rebel. I think Christianity has bred the fact that like we need to be such good rule followers because these are God's rules and he knows better than us. No, like if you look at Jesus, he was a rule follower and he was subversive. Like there are rules that he broke because they weren't the right rules. Right. And so like as good Christians, yes, we follow the law, the the law of the land, but we're also subversive to the law of the land because they're not always going to get it right. And I think so often we are told that like, just go along, get along and don't buck the system. Don't. And so like, if we can take that principle, put it to our parenting, like how can we find that, that both and we need to be a good rabble, but we also need to be a good rule follower because that is how we are good Christians. That's how we are good. Anything that will do it for today's episode. We had Finn join us at the end of. Hi. What's your name? Finn. Finn, what is your favorite thing about being a really awesome four-year-old? Because school. School. School is your favorite. What do you like most about being in school? For my teacher. Your teacher? Yes. Mrs. Lawson? Yes. What are you learning right now? Joseph. Joseph? What about Joseph? Joseph in a different city. Joseph in a different city? Oh, did he go down to Egypt? Yes. So, Finn, what, other than school, what, what do you like doing? Because. 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 Because what? For school. You, you really like school? What, are you, what is your favorite activity right now? Pumpkins. Pumpkins. What about pumpkins? Finger painting. You did the finger painting of the pumpkins? Oh, my goodness with a little bit of interview from our four-year-old. That will wrap up today's episode on parenting. It's natural that we should have our four-year-old come down and finish it off for us. It just totally makes sense. Yeah. 
So with that, another podcast that you can go ahead and take a listen to if this topic is something that you are very passionate about and want to learn more about is A Mother Far From Home. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Rachel's a certified sleep coach and a parenting consultant, and she would love and she talks about all things parenting littles because she had six under six. That's a lot of kids in a I short amount of time. Five under five. Okay, maybe five under five. Don't quote us. We work with her. And that's a really great podcast where you can listen to it again wherever you listen to podcasts, and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Couples Becoming Intentional. As always, if you have a question that you would like us to answer here on the podcast, you can go ahead and send us an email at jcvhouse at gmail.com or you can send me a DM over on Instagram at Carrie Daco. We'd love to be able to answer and feature you on here on the podcast. And as always, if there is somebody in your life who would benefit from this episode, feel free to go ahead and send them the link. And if you love this content, we'd love to be able to hear from you. So go ahead and leave us a review over on Apple Podcast. Until next time, we love you and we appreciate you. See you guys. Bye.